0: Hello, and welcome to the Revived Church Podcast with Pastor Todd Mazingo. I'm your host, Paul Gardner. Thank you for listening today. Are you tired of dealing with what you were dealing with? Are you at a place where enough is enough? Are you tired of fighting what seems like a never-ending battle? Pastor Todd takes us through the Word of God to show how often God's people can find themselves pushed to their limits. He explains the power of perseverance when you keep fighting even though you are tired and really want to give up or throw in the towel. You don't know how much power you are exerting against the enemy with your perseverance. What happens if we give up right before the Lord shows up in our battle? What will we miss? From the life of Joshua, Pastor Todd shows us all that Joshua had to go through leading the people into the promised land and how the Lord came through after they have persevered through great difficulty. Be sure to listen to the end for some important information about Pastor Todd's new book.
1: Tonight, if you got a Bible, open up to the book of Joshua. I'm gonna be in chapter 10 tonight, I'm gonna be brief. And my goal tonight is to encourage you and make sure the church is in a place where we need to be. And here's what I mean by that is anybody tired of dealing with what you're dealing with? You know, I think we reach a point where we get to a place where enough is enough, okay? And and, and what's going to happen is we're going to either throw in the towel or we're about to lose it all over somebody, okay? Because at times, this whole COVID thing gets a little too much, or maybe it's mask talk, or vaccine talk, or now Afghanistan talk, or maybe it's the border, or maybe it's politics, or maybe it's schools, or maybe it's your job, or maybe it's your spouse, or maybe it's your kids, or maybe it's your in-laws, or maybe it's your pastor, but at some point, enough it's enough, and you're just ready to be done. Tonight, I want to talk about perseverance. Perseverance, which is not exactly a word we want to talk about because it just means we got to hang in there when we don't want to hang in there. Here's the setup for what's going on in Joshua 10. Joshua has led the people to cross the Jordan and go take on the first city in the promised land, Jericho. And they won that battle, and it was miraculous, and it was amazing. But then they found out there was a problem because they went to the next city, Ai, and they lost That battle, and when they found out that someone had taken something from Jericho where they weren't supposed to, they regroup. Uh, Achan gets punished for what he did that was in defiance to God, and they go back, and they battle Ai again, and they win, and so it seems like they're back on track, but they have met this group from Gibeon, and the group from Gibeon has deceived them. They're a group that's already there in the promised land, but they deceive Joshua and say, hey, Would you make a a pact with us to support us and we'll support you because we're sojourners in the land. They weren't sojourners in the land. They lived in Gibeon. And so they were just trying to get this rushing army on their side. But here's the problem. After they made this agreement with Gibeon, Gibeon calls them up and says, we got a problem. There are five other kings and their armies that are going to come against us. You have an agreement with us, Joshua. So come and help us five against one. Joshua 10, six through 10. Then the men of Gibeon sent word to Joshua at the camp of Gilgal saying, do not abandon your servants. Come up to us quickly and save us and help us for all the kings of the Amorites that live in the hill country have assembled against us. So Joshua went up to Gilgal, and all of the people of war went with him, all of the valiant warriors. And the Lord said to Joshua, don't fear them, for I've given them into your hands. Not one of them will stand before you. So Joshua came suddenly, watch this, by marching all night from Gilgal. And the Lord confounded them before Israel and he slew them with a the great slaughter at Gibeon and pursued them by the way of the ascent of Beth Haran and struck them as far as Ezekah and Makeda. Now here's what I want you to get. Joshua finds out we've got to go do battle against these five cities. And the way we're going to have to do it is to come upon them suddenly so we got to march all night. Now this is from Gilgal to Gibeon. It's 20 miles. And there's there's no tollway in between the two cities. This is hilly country, gravel roads, and they've got to carry all of their armor and everything, their supplies to do battle all night long. So you know by the time they get to Gibeon and by the time they get to that place of war in Gilgal, they're tired. They've literally been marching all night. If you just take that the average person walks at about three miles an hour, it's taken them seven hours during the night of walking to get to the battlefront. Why is Joshua going? Why is he okay to march all night and expect that when he gets there, he's going to do battle after having marched all night? It's because in verse 8, the Lord said to Joshua, don't fear them. I've given to your hands. Not one of them will stand before you in other words he's got a word from God and let me just ask you sometimes is it not true all you need is a word from God all you need. is anybody had that experience where if God would just tell me he has, I'm good to go because I know he's there. I know he's going to work out. Well, Joshua gets there and he begins to battle. And then it says that he battled them all the way to Makeda. Guess what? That's another 20 miles away. So he has walked 20 miles overnight. He's begun to do battle all day, and it is a 20-mile adventure. So we walked all night, and now we fight all day. Anybody been up all night and fought all day? Man, you know what it's like you're doing battle in the middle of the night because something's going on with your family and you can't sleep and you're going before God and you can't figure it out and you get up the next day and guess what you got to face? That family you've been praying for all night and it goes on all day. And so some of you, I believe in this room, are fighting right now and it keeps coming at you. And it makes life sometimes miserable. Why? Because it tires you out. It zaps your strength, but you are still persevering. You are still pressing in. You are still moving forward. Joshua, once he gets there, is fighting tired. Anybody fought when you're tired? going back to the doctor over and over and over and still feeling miserable, making the phone calls and the emails and handle the nastiness of somebody trying to collect a bill from you pain that doesn't go away and you just constantly have to deal with the comments from other people that continue to cut deep being misunderstood and not being able to fix the situation and you're the bad guy and you don't even know why you're the bad guy or how you ended up the bad guy but now you're the bad guy and you're trying to get it fixed but it just keeps getting worse until we hit verse 11. In verse 11, it says, as they fled the enemy before Israel. Now, all of a sudden, the story has changed because we've been walking all night. We've been battling all day. We've covered 40 miles between the night and the day. But now the enemy is on the run. You are fighting and your enemy is on the run, but you don't know it. You don't know it because you're operating in the physical, and you don't understand what's happening in the spiritual. Some of you right now have the enemy on the run, and some of you don't know how much power you are exerting against the enemy with your perseverance. Oh, let me say it again. You don't know how much power you are exerting against the enemy with your perseverance, the fact that you will not give up. You are going to stay in the game. Let's keep going in verse 11. While they were at the descent of Beth Haran, the Lord threw large stones from heaven on them as far as Ezekiah, and they died. I want you to see what just happened. Joshua's been walking all night. He has been fighting all day. And while he is tired, while he is fighting, guess who shows up? The Lord shows up and starts fighting on his behalf. So if you're in the middle of persevering and if you're in the middle of being tired, what's going to happen if you give up right before the Lord shows up? What's going to happen if Joshua had stopped fighting before the Lord showed up? What if he never got to the descent of Beth Haran because he was tired and he needed a break and he wanted to quit for a little bit? The question comes down to do you know that God knows you're tired? Do you know that God knows you are fighting? Do you think that God sees what it is that they're saying about you that isn't right and isn't fair? Do you think he knows that you are weary and at your wits end? Do you think he knows that you're in pain and yet you may not know he's about to rescue you? God's ability is always greater than ours, and what if you're fighting your battle, and you feel like you're less than halfway? That's a long road ahead, but what if God picked up the other half? What if God decided, I'll take the rest of it, you got it to here, I've got it from there? Then Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the Israelites and said in the sight of Israel, O sun, stand still at Gibeon and O moon in the valley of Ajalon. I don't want you to miss this. God is already fighting for Joshua. The stones are already coming down from the heavens. And Joshua says, God, would you hold the sun still so we can keep this thing going together? I'll continue to fight. You continue to fight. But we need more day so we can finish this thing out the sun stands still the moon stops until the nation avenge themselves of their enemy is it not written in the book of Jeshar that the sun stopped in the middle of the sky and it did not hasten to go down for a whole day I want you to think about this here's where Joshua is I had to walk all night long carrying my armor, my supplies to get to a battle I spent the whole day fighting in the battle and the day is almost over And all of a sudden, the Lord shows up, and he starts stoning my enemy, and he's wiping out half of them. I want to keep fighting. I just want you to think for a moment that this tired, weird, exhausted guy is now so energized. He says, let's don't quit. Let's keep fighting. Let's keep going. This is going great. I don't want to quit. Why? 14. There was no day like it before or after when the Lord listened to the voice of a man And fought for Israel. Do you mean to say that in the middle of your biggest battles, in the middle of your most tired, in the middle of your weariness, the Lord would hear you and respond? Joshua doesn't want to stop fighting. Hold the sun. Let's get this thing done. I am energized because now the Lord is in the battle with me. Joshua did everything possible. He persevered. God does the impossible by taking the back half of the battle for you. Oh, I'm just thinking about the times in my life when it's been hard, and I've been weary, and I've been about ready to quit, and enough is enough, and then the Lord shows up and gives me a word, and all of a sudden, my tiredness and weariness is gone. Why? Because Dad just stepped in, and he's about to do something. There are people in the Bible that we read about who persevered. Paul was beaten. He was in a shipwreck. He got bit by a snake. He was stoned. The physical abuse is something you can get weary of. Abraham walked up a mountain to sacrifice his own son. Have you ever been in such a spiritual battle that it was just wearing on your soul? I have to do the right thing. I don't want to do the right thing, but I know I got to do the right thing. Moses, 40 years in the desert. I don't think we really get the fact that Moses expected to take them out of Egypt and end up in the promised land two weeks later and 40 years. He's like, my word, I didn't sign up for this. We're in the desert for 40 years of my life. Half of my life is now gone with a bunch of people that are whining and don't want to go. Joseph, his family betrayed him. Anybody? The family betrayed him. His work betrayed him. His commitment, he got thrown in jail. He said, remember to tell them about me. They forgot about him. You ever been left behind and forgotten? Jeremiah, let's just don't even go there, man. That guy (laughs) went through it all. (laughs) Romans 5.1, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with our God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into his grace, in which we stand... And we exalt in the hope of the glory of God. And not only this, we also exalt in tribulation the battle, knowing that the tribulation is going to bring about perseverance. I got to stay in the game. And perseverance brings about a proven character. And a proven character brings about hope. And hope doesn't disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Let me do something here for a minute because I want to demonstrate this scripture to you. I believe in the process that's laid out here. If you are in the audience tonight and you have had a spouse or a child die, I want you to stand to your feet. If you are in the house and you have gone through life-threatening cancer, meaning there is a diagnosis, there was chemo, there was all that kind of stuff, and you went through that, I want you to stand. I want you to stand up if you have spent more than 30 days at one stent in the hospital. Now, I want you to watch what this scripture says. Please keep standing. Tribulation brings about perseverance. What do I know about the people who are standing right now? They persevere. How do I know that? They're here. They've been through what I just described, and they're here. They persevered. Now, I want you to watch this perseverance brings about a proven character. Many of you in the room did not even know that these people have gone through cancer, that these people have had a spouse or a child die. You didn't even know that. But now when you look at them, you think differently about them, man, they've been through it and they're still standing. These are Strong people. These people have endured something that I haven't endured. Do you know that character in the Greek, dakime, means a person of tried worth? They have worth because they've been through the trial. Then it says that proven character brings about hope. Here's the beauty of that part. If you go to any one of these people and you say, are you hopeful about the future? I'll promise you their response because I'm one of them is yes. Do you know why I'm hopeful about the future? Because I've been through a spouse dying, so nothing else coming at me is going to be bigger than that. So I'm hopeful. Why? Because the love of God is watching out for you and taking care of you, and he knows what you've been through, and you now have character because you persevered through it, and now you can have hope because the hard stuff is behind you, and the love of God carried you through it. Am I right? All right. Have a seat. Come on. I wouldn't say too much singing, but some singing. Joshua got a word from the Lord, and it changed his perseverance into action. He then wanted to move. I'm going to read you a very familiar scripture. But instead of just reading it, I'm going to read what's before it. So you'll hear it at the end when I get there. I mean, Isaiah 40, why do you say, O Jacob, and assert, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and the justice do me escapes the notice of my God? Why do you say that? Do you not know, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired, and his understanding is inscrutable. He gives strength to the weary, and to him who lacks might, he increases power. Though youths grow weary and tired and vigorous men may stumble badly, they will mount up with wings like eagles, and they will run and not get tired, and they will walk and not become weary. Do you hear what the scripture is saying? God knows where you are. God sees the struggle you're in. God is not interested in you collapsing and failing. So you need to persevere because he's going to come in and he's going to start throwing rocks in a minute. And you're going to be glad he's here and you're going to want to join him in finishing this thing out. Don't give up. Persevere. Stay in the race. (laughs) Hear me out. One warning. Here's the biggest tragedy of incomplete or incomplete perseverance. The greatest tragedy of incomplete perseverance is incomplete perseverance ends up in victimhood. I gave up. It was too much. I couldn't handle it. I am now helpless. I need rescue. I become the victim. And God is saying, persevere, keep going. He knows what your limits are. He will not let you go beyond your limits. You can persevere. Wait for his rescue. Ephesians 6, 13. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you'll be able to resist the devil. And having done everything to stand firm, stand firm. I'm going to make a point of that in a minute. Therefore, having girded your loins with truth, having put on the blessed plate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, in addition to all, taking up the shield of faith in which you'll be able to extinguish the failing arrows of the evil one. Take up your helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on alert with all perseverance and petitions for the saints. What did he say? Pray be on alert, and persevere. Did you notice how it started? Standing firm. And having done all, stay in the game. And having done all, stand there. Stand firm. All right, here's my point. Standing firm is a position of offense. Offense. I'm sorry, offense. It is not a defensive posture. It is not I'm standing still because I can't endure anymore. He's saying you've got your armor on. Stand there and face this thing. Stand in opposition to this thing. Stand and shout at this thing. Stand and stare it in the face and say you will not overcome me. Stand and stay and say, God, come and join me and let's be done with this thing. Perseverance is not a defense posture. What do I mean by that? Defense positions never gain territory. You didn't write that down? I got to go back and read it. Perseverance is not a defensive posture. It's an offensive posture. In other words, if you're going to take a defensive position, I just got to hunker down and hope this is over. You cannot grain territory. But God says you stand up, you face it, and I'll come and I'll rescue you. This is what I'm saying tonight. Everybody stand your feet, please. If you're here tonight and you know you're in the middle of it, you know you're going through it, you know you're in a place where you have to persevere, you cannot... <laughs> you cannot give up. You must keep standing. You must keep going. If that's you, if you're in a place where you feel like I'm in the middle of the grinder, I don't know how long this is going to last. I don't know where God is, but I would love for him to show up now. I need you down front. I want to pray over you. I want to pray that you stand firm. I want to pray that you recognize that standing and staying in the game is an offense position. It is a fighting position. It is a telling the enemy I I will not back down to you. I will not give up to you. I will stay and stand firm and fight this thing. Lift up your hands. Come on down here. Lift up your hands. Father God, what I see in front of me is hope being developed because they will persevere in the name of Jesus. That perseverance will bring about a character that they persevered through it and that character will move forward to be hope in their life. Hope in knowing the things that I cannot see from you God are about to happen. You are about to release the hailstones from heaven. You are about to fight against my enemy. I am no longer in this thing alone. You are coming. You are going to to do what only you can do. You will take care of the second half of this battle and you will energize me to walk with you. In the name of Jesus, we declare that we will stand firm and we will persevere and that God knows where we're at. God will not allow us to fail and God will come through in Jesus name. Amen. Amen.
0: Well, what did you think? Has God been speaking to you about any of these things? We would love to hear from you. You can email us at podcast at reviveusnow.com. We're excited that Pastor Todd has released his latest book called Old is the New. The Old Testament is filled with stories that seem amazing on their own, but they also leave questions. If they are history and not part of the new covenant that we have with Christ today, then why do we need these stories at all? What are they for? Could it be that those stories were recorded and saved for us because there is something they can teach us? Could it be that those stories actually help us understand God and the New Covenant He has with us? Could it be that somehow those stories guide, teach, and help us understand what God has for us as New Covenant believers? And finally, could there be hidden mysteries in these stories that actually give us revelation for today? This new book is available now on Amazon. The podcast is brought to you by Revive Church of Stewart, Florida. You can learn more about us at our website, reviveusnow.com. If you would like to support this ministry, go to our website, reviveusnow.com. If you live in our area or are planning a visit to our area, we would love to have you join us. We are located at 8851 Southwest Old Kansas Avenue, Stewart, Florida. If you enjoyed this podcast, why not click to subscribe right here on the podcast site of your choice? That way you won't miss any of Pastor Todd's and Revive Church's future podcasts. Thank you for joining us.